from the New York City area, welcome to the Badass Counseling Show, where the master badass himself, Sven Erlinson, takes you deep and gives balm for the soul, baby. We're in. You're in. I'm in. Rob and Casey are in. We are all in, people. And it's so nice to be here inside of your ear. And it's about time that you got those Q-tips or saw your doctor because there's a lot of wax in here, all right? It's nice to be in your ears, but time to clean them up, all right? All jokes aside, well, maybe not. There'll be more, and they'll be just as bad as that. Uh, It's great to have you here from as far away as Chillicothe and Chico, California, from San Antonio to Stockholm, from Adelaide to Austin, Please, please join us today. You want to hear this one. This is a great show we have ahead today. We've got Nick joining us, and we're very excited to have Nick here. Um, But before we do that, Rob wants to talk again. He's always sort of tugging (laughs) at my sleeve. I want to talk next. I want to talk next. So take it away, Rob. You're wrong, but I will talk because I have a couple more listener comments. Uh, On one of our previous shows, Elizabeth made the comment, that sounded like my life. Now, isn't that what it's all about, doing these programs? That people will identify with these issues and get something good out of it. Absolutely. And that, I mean, that's what, you know, C.S. Lewis, he wrote, we read to know that we are not alone. And that's, that's what this is. We're hearing ourselves in other people's stories. I, I think that's the, re- it's not me, it's people telling their stories that resonates with other people. As a matter of fact, this other listener comment, uh, Jeanette said, I totally resonated with your guest. <laughs> I too had the void from home with an older sister getting attention. I can now understand more about my upbringing and how that has played into my, are you ready for this number, Sven? My 61 years of life. Wow. Still learning. Isn't that nice? I love that. Yeah. Because it's it's easy to cash out as we get older. It's easier to say, well, why do the healing work now? My life's over. It's too late. When you still got 20, 30 years left, it's like, why? Go ahead. I'll let you know when I get older. All right. All right. Still young. When I grow up, I want to be just like you. Oh. You're so sweet. I don't buy a minute of it. All right. Tell us about Nick, Rob. All right. Nick wrote to us and said, hi, Sven and company. That would be me, the company, I guess, and Casey. My name is Nick. I'm 36 years old and struggling. I have no self-confidence and tend towards narcissistic behavior. I'm trying to change, but my wife and children and I share a home with my parents. I have so much anger at them and can't get their voices out of my head. I try to avoid any real conversations, but will completely lose my shit at them. They say they want an adult and meaningful connection with me, but I can't trust them. They have gaslit me and judged me my entire life. The only attention I remember getting was negative. I turned to drugs and alcohol at a young age to escape and have been running ever since. I move from one obsession to another and just want to be at peace and to be a good father and husband. I take and take and it never helps. There's a hole in my love cup, and I don't know how to start fixing it while I'm stuck in the same house as the people who helped make it. There's so much pain from my past, and my binary gates feel like they're locked shut and I lost the key. Thanks for your book and the work you do. It's the first thing that's starting to help, but now I feel like I'm lost in the flood. Welcome to the show, Nick. Hey, thanks for having me. You bet. Pleasure is ours. Uh, Let's dive right in. You say you tend towards narcissistic behavior. In what way, above all else, are you potentially a narcissist? I'm pretty 
on that path. And I don't, you know, my wife and I have hit in the past year, some big things where it's basically at the the point where she's like, look, if you don't start even trying, you know, it's, um, we're done and that's hard, you know? And, What's the hardest part and, about hearing that from her? What's the hardest part for you? Be honest. No, knowing that I'm not showing her love that like, you know, what, why is that? What does it make you feel? Give me a feeling word. Bad. It makes me feel just like I am damaged, worthless, you know, kind of, uh, you know, awful, awful. It makes, it makes me feel just kind of, you know, this is the person, my wife and I have been together almost 20 years. You know, I'm 36. We got together in high school and I, she's everything to me, her and my kids. And, and so what would happen to you if she walked inside of you? What would happen? There's a storm, you know, I mean, I, I talked about feeling a little bit lost in my emotions and there's a storm that I've bottled up for a long, long time. And, you know, I don't know, you know, um, you know, I think it started when I was a kid, you know, wild behavior, you know, violent play, not in the, like, I'm trying to hurt someone, but like, you know, I, I came from a house where my mom grew up with a father who was a conscientious objector. I wasn't allowed to play with toy guns, toy swords, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, I, anything like that. And then I went to a school where I had a teacher who was, had decided she could save the world from violence by teaching little boys that violent play wasn't okay. And I was kind of her science experiment. And she, she kind of like, so I got this, no violence isn't okay ever at school. Then I got it again at home and I'm the younger of two siblings. My sister is very academically achieved. She's a doctor and I was, you know, the attention I got was I have learning disabilities. Okay. Oh, you have, you struggle, you do this, you do that. You need more help. You need this. But it was never just like, oh, you want a toy sword? Here's a toy sword. Go whack a tree. Have right. fun. It's okay. Like, you know, so, so back to the question of, yeah. Back to the question of what is yeah. the single the biggest feeling you would feel if your wife walked? You said bad and bad as in abandoned. Okay. Abandoned. So abandoned. bad and abandoned we have it. And you would yeah. feel abandoned and that would make you feel mad, sad, bad, glad. It's, it's mad at first. And then it's, 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 um, I don't know what the word what, is. It's, okay. It's let me ask you that. It's, it's, it's justified. It's like, okay. What is the single biggest, you know, what is the single biggest message that you got in your childhood that would be confirmed for you inside of you by her leaving you? That I'm a failure. See, I'm a failure. See, I'm a fuck up. It would confirm what you've been, uh, believe your whole life, right? Yeah. And now the $64,000 question, who taught you that you're a fuck up? Parents and grandmother, you know, it was. was Oh, and grandmother too. Oh, wow. Thanks. We we lived, we lived across the street from my grandmother. Okay. Um, And when, well, wait, which parent above all else most taught you that you're a fuck up and a failure? had a lot of anger. I have a lot of anger towards my mother because she gaslights, but it's my father who taught me that. You know, he was the one, he was the one who said, and it was over and over again. If you don't go to college, you won't be successful. You won't get a good job. If you don't go to college, you'll never be successful. You'll never get a good job. And as someone who struggles academically to be told, if you don't go to college and get good grades and you don't do this, 
you know, you're going to be a failure and, and you're never going to be successful. And he didn't graduate from college. Right. And, owned, and was successful. We lived in a very, you know, nice house. And so did you go to college or did you not go to college? I, I graduated from the programs I did. I, so I went straight from high school. I lived on a farm in an apprenticeship program for a year, which was pushed by my parents. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And they said, just go do this program. It's a year long. We'll pay for it. We, you know, we want you to, to do something to educate yourself. And it's like, okay. So I did that. And then I went from there. I farmed for a year mm-hmm. or two. Mm-hmm. Um, my now wife and I, after working 80 hour weeks, she said, Hey, I don't want to be married to someone who's going to be gone 80 hours a week for the entire summer and then, you know, have winters off to just drink and be mopey. And, uh-huh. um, and so I went back to school for landscape design, but I jumped right into a graduate certificate program. I didn't do undergrad. I didn't have any bottom line. To. Are your parents satisfied with the, your schooling or not, or do they see it at you as a disappointment regarding schooling? Because clearly the message you got was, if you don't go to college, you'll be a failure. And the implied message is, if you're a failure, we'll like you less. We won't be proud of you. We won't approve. So do they approve or not? The problem is, is they say they approve. And then they'll ask for my opinion on gardening or a landscape project. And I'll... I. I stopped now, but like I would give them like, oh, if you do this and this. And, and they would respond wise, with what? And they would respond with, oh, okay, well, we don't, we're not going to do that. Uh-huh. Or okay. actually, you don't like, we want to garden this way. What you're saying, like, and they would say things to me like, you know, I pride myself on ecological design and stuff. And my mother would say to me, oh, what you're doing is going to kill all the bees. And it's like, how can you tell me who's dedicated my life to? Why are this? you still living with your parents? At age 36. I'm not condemning you. I'm in no way putting it down. I'm just curious. What is the short answer in one sentence or less of why you are still living? You and your wife and your children are still living with your parents. I'm not condemning it. Sometimes life takes us there. But in one sentence or less, what's the answer? We made some choices that were my wife and I chose spending time with our kids over financial gain. And it worked until it, it worked for us while we were building something, you know, but why doesn't it work now? There was a lot of promises. You know, one of the things I struggle with is my parents said, Oh, we're going to help you and your wife build a house. My, my grandparents helped my father and mother build. Why are you still there now? Why are you said you're (sighs) stuck? I'm stuck. Why are you stuck? Why can you and your wife and children not move out? Or can you? I self, I self sabotage. I, you know, every time I gain momentum with work or something like that, I, I self-sabotage and I'll put myself into these spirals where it's like, I can't work for a couple of weeks. I'm self-employed. I own my own business and I'll, you know, I, there's so much pain and sort of that's exactly hurt in right. me that, that's that, exactly that I'll, right. I'll go and I'll, I'll sit and I just won't work. Like that's I'll right. go to go to work and I'll just sit in my truck and I'll, I'll sit there and I won't work. Right. And as a result, you are stuck in the same house as the people who created this fucking problem. You are fucking stuck. What does your wife think about you guys living with your parents? She thinks they're crazy. And she's, (laughs) you know, and, and she says, you know, let's keep our head down. We, you know, right now we have an exit strategy and she says, keep your head down and let's just keep our heads down. We'll do our best. We'll keep our heads down to like 
just not start everything, but every six months or so, almost like clockwork, there's something that causes a blow up between me and them. And then it's like, well, let's have a family meeting. Do you have the financial capacity with your business for you and your wife to get an apartment at the very least and start on your own? No. Why? Because I'm just starting to actually rebuild momentum work-wise since I, you know, this season I started your book this spring and I've actually been getting to work, but we've got two kids in school and my wife is currently not working. Why is she not working? Just out of curiosity. When we started looking at financially mm -hmm. what she made, mm -hmm. we would have been making less money having a kid in childcare than both of us employed and neither one of us wanted okay, to be I'm away. You know, if it was between being raised by our parents or, or daycare, we, we chose. And right, but that, the price, but the price that you did not factor in yeah. or uh, is the price yeah. of being stuck in the very situation that created you being stuck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, okay. And and this is yeah. what we need to look yeah. at. You picked yeah. up my book because you hoped for what? Above all else. In one sentence or less, what were you hoping you would accomplish with my book? Peace. You know, I um, I spent a year and a half singing Kirtan every day and doing yoga. And what was the effect? I spent countless years meditating. Didn't work? It feels good when you're doing it and then it goes away. You know, it, it's obsessive working out was the other one. I work out for an hour and a half every day. I feel great when I do it. The day I miss working out, I feel like an addict who hasn't had a fix and I'm a, a monster to be around. How far are you along in, in, there's a hole in my love cup in the book. How far along are you? The binary gates okay. and, and listened a little bit after that. Um, but I got stuck on the journaling with, with the, the twirling and just the... What was it about the chapter on twirling and this notion that we come out of the womb twirling, we come out of the womb happy, and uh, that's our original state, not the misery we're in. What is it about that that caused you to, uh, to use your words, get stuck? I don't... <sighs> you what? I don't remember a time... Exactly. Where, ...where it was okay for me not to have a mask on. Right. You know, my whole, my whole life, the way I got love was to be someone who other than yourself, fit, who, who fit with my family. And That's I don't, exactly. I don't. And, and when I let out anything that was me, yeah, I feel like it was judged and criticized. That's and right. to the point now, you know, my wife and I will get in an argument. And if she says something negative about me, I just, I shut down or I get angry. It's either a, I get really mad and say something nasty. And then I, That's, hold on, stop. That's because all of that pain from your childhood and from your present life, all of those memories have emotional charges, powerful emotional charges of pain, of sadness, of anger, all those charges. And that's what's cluttering. It's clogged your love cup and it's full of all that. So you, if you get even one drop of negative coming into that love cup, all the electricity of all those emotional charges gets set off and you go white hot in a second, don't you? You get hot or, and or you get lethargic and you shut down, which is another it's response to all that shit happening. Now, hold on, hold on. And so what's happening is all that crap inside of you that they put there, because that's not your original state. That is not a child's natural state. You want to know what your problem is, Nick? Your problem is that you've been taught that you're the problem. You've been taught yeah. that you have a problem and that you are the problem. And that was yeah. not your natural state. 
They fucked you over under the under the guise of, oh, we love you and here, live with us and blah, blah, blah. Let's do the kumbaya family fucking namaste meetings and shit like that. And they, they fucked you over. And so even if you remove yourself from that house, those voices are still inside you. So you're still going to have to get them out. But yeah, getting out of that fucking house will at least give you a fucking room to breathe. But yeah. what ha what's happening is you've got all those voices inside you and you fill up a child's love cup with yeah. crud and they're not going to be able to function and they're going to engage in every manner possible to quiet those voices, to numb themselves. And you talked about, I jumped from obsession to obsession, drugs, alcohol when I was young, and I've been running ever since, you know, a reference to the book where I talk about, you know, running from the pain, yeah. running from all those feelings. I move from one obsession to, the, to another and I just want to be at peace. Yeah, and now this stuff inside of you is destroying the stuff that matters the very most to you which is yeah. even more than your own self, your own health. It's destroying your relationship with your wife and pot potentially you know, shredding your family and then you'd have to start all over. Um, yeah. Right, and so the answer, yes, while it would help to get the hell out of that house, the real answer is what you've already started doing and that's cleaning yeah. up the house inside of you, so to speak. It's uh, doing that work. Let me ask you this. If you were to tell me the single, listen to the question carefully, single biggest truths about your father that you have never spoken to your father. He wasn't there for me. I needed a dad. Wasn't there. Okay, what else? Wasn't there. He subjected me to the abuse that he went through. You know, he had a okay. abusive he was a, parents. He was abusive. And, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to hear his yeah. story. I want to hear your yeah. story. No, so I single mean, biggest he, truths he about dad. He just sent me over to his mother's house. He was the one who caused all the issues for him. He sent okay. me to my grandmother's house. To, so he sent. So he was an abuser himself, and he sent you to an abuser, right? He abused with neglect, and that well, I would push my mom because I felt a little bit more comfortable with her. And when she couldn't deal, she'd send in dad to yell, and okay. dad would tear me apart. Okay, and, so dad was verbally abusive. He'd yell, and he'd send you over to his abuser across the street, grandma. Yeah. And dad was neglectful; it wasn't there. Uh, what else? Yeah. Uh, single biggest truths about dad. You've never spoken to dad. He didn't do me any favors. Let me ask you this. What percent, what percent was your dad? Uh, and this is in your opinion, no one else can answer this except you. What percent was your dad a good dad? And what percent was your dad a bad dad? If you're being totally honest. I'd say 40% a good dad and, and, and 60 a bad dad. Not. Yeah. I, okay. I feel bad saying it. I, you feel bad saying it, right? I got that because they've conditioned you to keep your fucking feelings down. You don't have a voice, but boy, when you look at the truth there and J I mean, as long as we're on the subject, just out of curiosity, uh, what percent was mom a good mom and what percent was mom a bad mom? Probably 40 good and, and 60 bad. You know, I, so they're both, the I same. felt left behind. I felt left. I, yeah. Okay. Um, and just out of curiosity, 40% good and 60% bad for both of them. Just out of curiosity, you've got kids of your own. And so you're around other parents. And as you're out in the world at the, gro the grocer or you're at a sporting event or whatever, and you see uh, parents with their kids and you consider other parents, what percent for you, and there's no right or wrong answer. Everybody answers this question differently. Yeah. What percent for you, the, as you look at other parents, what percent does a parent have to be a good mom or a good dad in order for you to consider them a good parent? And no parent is 100% good. So 100% is out. So what percent, in your opinion, does a parent have to be a good parent in order for you to overall consider them a good parent? 
or 70, 75%, I'd say. Yeah. There we go. Okay, parent. 75% a good parent. So if we go back to the original question of the single biggest truths, you've never spoken to your dad about your dad. You have, he wasn't there. He was abusive, verbally abusive. He sent you over to an abuser at grandma's house. Dad was neglectful. Is it safe to say that one of the single biggest truths you've never said to your dad about your dad is that he was a bad parent. You just told me he was only 40% good and you oh. told me that you need to be yeah. 75% good. So he was not a good dad. Is it safe to say you have never said that to him? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I kind of I kind of lost it the other night at them, you know. But you and, never uh, said that I kinda, you were- I kind of said you guys were bad parents to both of them. Oh, and, you did? Okay. Uh, yeah. So of yeah. all the things that you've said to me so far on this question, single biggest truths you've never said to dad about no, dad. They weren't good parents. They weren't good parents. I'm, is that the biggest one? Of all the ones you've said, which is the biggest one for you? Abusive, wasn't there, sent me to an abuser, neglectful, and bad parent. Which is the biggest one for you of all of those? Bad parent. Bad, bad parent. parent. Okay. And because if I had had them, if I had had them, it wouldn't have mattered that grandma was kind of a bitch. Absolutely. It wouldn't have mattered. Well, if they had been good parents, they wouldn't have sent you over to fucking grandma. <laughs> If they had been a good yeah. parent, protects the child from neglect, protects the child from abuse. They don't send them to an abuser. Dad doesn't get to claim my mom abused me. He doesn't get to claim that as if it's a bad thing when he's then sending you to the very person that abused yeah. him. So you don't get to say mom was a, my mommy was a bad mommy to me. And yeah. by the way, I'm going to send you over to my mommy to kick your fucking ass. Now let's take a yeah. quick break. I'll be right back with more badass counseling. Hi, this is KC. There's an update from the Badass Counseling Desk. The audiobook version of the book, There's a Hole in My Love Cup, is now available exclusively only at badasscounseling.com. My best friend made me listen to some podcast, said it had blown her away. So we listened to a lightning round of the Badass Counseling Show together. All I can say is, wow, first podcast I had ever listened to. Now it's my addiction. If you haven't done it yet, you need to subscribe to The Badass Counseling Show. This show provides soul counseling intended to entertain and inform and is not medical advice. Now, back to The Badass. And we are back on The Badass Counseling Show with Nick. And Nick's going deep. Nick, he's going deep with me, and I respect the hell out of him for that. This person is an admitted narcissist, or at least has admits he has narcissistic behaviors, tends towards that, and he's trying to figure it out. And I think for every single one of us who has ever been in a relationship with someone who is what I call narcissist extreme takers, who's ever been in a relationship, or maybe who has been ourself, uh, that person I think we can all say we respect the hell out of Nick for having the courage to look into his own behavior and try to fix it. So he gets a giant gold star on the top of his paper. Uh, so far, as my mother would say, an old school teacher back in the 40s and 50s, you get a gold star, she would always say. So Nick told us that the single biggest truth he's never spoken to his dad about his dad is that he was a bad parent. I want to ask you a follow-up question on this, and uh, it's it's similar but it's different. Stay with me here, Nick. You're doing great. Okay. The question is, what is the single, what are the single biggest truths that you feel that you feel now it's not about dad. It's about how you feel towards dad or at dad or about dad. What are the single biggest truths of how you feel towards dad that you've never spoken to dad? I feel like 
I don't matter to him. Okay, that's yeah. good. How do you feel about him? Do you feel uh, mad, sad, bad, glad, frustrated, melancholy, blue, um, excited, calm? Give me feeling words that you feel about him and towards him. Sympathy. Okay, you feel sympathy for him, for what he went through. Now, what do you feel? What else do you feel towards dad? Ang- anger. Anger. So anger at dad. What else? What do you feel towards that? Anger, sympathy, what else? Just confusion. At dad. You feel confusion at dad? Why? You know, he he had learning disabilities and, and didn't finish college and had a successful business. I don't understand. And I, I yelled at him. I don't understand how you can say to your kid who had similar issues, you're never going to be successful unless you do this. So dad's a bit of a hypocrite then, right? Dad's a hypocrite. Yeah. So you have sympathy for dad. You have confusion over how the hell can you treat me this way when you did the same freaking thing and you said you have anger towards dad. Any other feelings that you have, single biggest truths that you feel towards dad that you've never spoken to dad? Dad and mom, I doubt that they love me because I don't know that they've ever seen me. I don't, I don't feel seen. I don't feel like I've ever not had a mask on with them. And I feel like when the few times I've tried to take it off, it comes back to bite me. Hence why you don't trust them. Um, yeah. I got I got to ask the question. You said, I have so much anger at them. I can't get their voice out of my head. You said you blew up at them the other day. Uh, I can't trust them. And they have gaslit me and judged me my entire life. Uh, your dad said, you're never going to succeed unless you do X, Y, and Z. Um, you escaped to drugs and alcohol. You engaged in violent play as a kid. I think you're lying when you tell me you have anger towards your dad. I think you're lying out your ass. And I even think the sympathy, yes, you feel sympathy, but I think that's even a lie. I think all of those are pretty, even the anger, even the sympathy. I mean, yes, it's true, but no. Those are all pretty little covers. They're pretty. (laughs) I think what you have is fucking rage towards your dad. I think, I, and you tell me if I'm wrong. No, rage, rage, rage is a great word for it. I think, hold on. I think you fucking hate him. I think you fucking hate, let me ask you this question briefly. Is it possible to love someone and not love everything about them? Is it possible? Yeah. Is it possible Absolutely. then to hate someone without hating every last thing about them? Is it possible? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And, so and, yeah. I think you fucking hate your old man. I think you fucking hate him. He not only neglected you, basically the underlying message he's sending then to the child is you don't matter. You don't fucking matter to yeah. me. You don't neglect things you give a shit about. If you give a shit about yeah. your work as you did and you were working 80 hour weeks, you're conveying the message to your work. This matters. When you are with your children and they're playing, a, uh, doing a puzzle and you're right there with them and you're actually present and you're not thinking about work. You are conveying to the me- the message to the child, you matter, right? So his your father neglecting you, he was saying, you don't matter. And by the way, when I am giving you attention, son, I'm gonna tell you what a piece of shit you are. You felt judged your entire fucking life. I think you fucking hate his guts. Now, just out of curiosity, let's, let's play on the notion that I'm at least a little bit right, okay, on that. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, if you were to be totally honest, because I fucking hate him. Because you don't treat children that way. And you surely, shit, don't send them over to your own fucking mother to abuse him. You don't do that. You don't do this shit. Don't have fucking kids if this is how you're going to treat them. Don't do it. Right? Or give them to the other parent and send them letters until you heal your own shit. But the bottom line is, I hate your fucking old man. I do. 
I'm, I'll just be flat out honest with you. I want to ask you if you were being totally honest right now, totally honest, what percent do you hate your father? About 70%. All right. Now, of the things on this list, the single biggest truths you feel towards your dad, sympathy, which is fascinating. That was basically uh, the first one that came out of your mouth. And, well, there was a little bit before that, but then it was sympathy for him. Isn't that fascinating yeah. that you defaulted towards thinking about his fucking feelings, really? But anyway, sympathy, anger, confusion, doubt, uh, their love. Then there was, uh, I don't feel loved. And then hate, 70%. Yeah. Of all of those single biggest truths that you feel towards your dad, what is the single biggest truth that you feel towards your dad that you've never spoken to your dad? I I mean, I think that probably the hate, I hate that he he was there for my sister with everything. He supported her. Oh, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. So the motherfucker knew how to give love. The motherfucker even knew the difference between how he was treating one child versus how he was treating the motherfucker. He, yeah. he, he didn't just fuck you over because he was an idiot and had, you know, poor parenting. You can't, now he, 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 some parents will say, well, I was a, you know, sure, but I was treated this way as a, as a kid. So that's why I raised you this way. That's a bullshit argument now because he, by, con by treating your sister differently, he's conceding that he knew better. He's conceding. He can't say, well, I was treated poorly. That's why I, you know, raised you this way. No bullshit. Cause you raised my sister differently. Yeah. So he was yeah. deliberately, deliberately, knowingly, willfully a fucking dick to a child. Yeah, I mean it was, wow. it was, yeah, it was just, you know, oh, you're such, you know, it's like, I, I remember going to school and having like a lunchable in my lunch at school and he'd get up at five in the morning to make my sister a like homemade calzone with the things she liked in it yeah. and then drive her an hour to the bus to go to her private school, fancy all girls school. He'd support her in home. You know, it was, proud he was oh yeah proud of you doubly got the message and i was you know the attention i got was like oh you know like it's okay you just have issues you just have this and then it's like you just and then it's they finally yeah. sent me to a school where i had friends i was playing i was just allowed to be this and then they said well if you don't start taking classes the way we want you to we're gonna pull you from it. yeah and we're gonna we're gonna take you away from the one place where you're finally happy or you're yep. you look well adjusted and that's that for me you know it's like the chapter where it talks about when did you start running yeah. That's when it was like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to start, you know, your dad died of lung cancer. I'm going to smoke cigarettes. I don't care. Like, fuck you. Like my friend, you know, these kids are smoking cigarettes. They're doing bad shit. Like I'm going to hang out with these kids. Cause I don't fuck. Yeah. I don't. Cause I don't finish that sentence. I don't fucking, want I don't matter. I don't exactly. matter. You like what the fuck? I'm a exactly. Fuck up. I might you as know, well like, be a fuck up. Want, yeah. And I might as well, you know, there's a, Grateful Dead song, I might be going to hell in a bucket. And that was my fucking theme song for a long time, you know, but at least I'm enjoying the ride. Well, and that's just it. And, and that's what so many parents don't realize that if you give a child these messages that they're shit or they're no good or they're unwanted or they don't matter, eventually they're going to start just choosing that because it's like, fine, why even try? Yeah. Why even try? Because up to a certain point, the child is trying to get the parent's love, trying to go on their plan of whatever the parent, they trust the parent. They think the parent is parenting yeah. deliberately. And so they, okay, I'll do what they say. I'll do what they say. Yeah. But then the child still doesn't get the Scooby snack. He still doesn't yeah. get, you know, the, the, the bump in his salary, so to speak, get the praise. So it's like, well, fuck it. Why even try? 
it's not good enough. It's never good. So then you check out and then the drugs and alcohol and so on yeah. and so forth. All right. So the single biggest truth of how you feel towards your dad that you've never spoken to your dad is that you hate him 70%. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, just I, love I, him. I love him 100% too. I love the guy. I, sure. I hate him, but I love him. Sure. You know, I don't doubt. I, I, think he, I think he was a fucking terrible person or a terrible parent, but I don't think he's a terrible person. My wife and I have talked about that a lot. It's just like, both of my parents it's like, I don't think you're bad people, but God, you fucking sucked at parenting me. You mm-hmm. were good with my sister and sucked with me. Well, and what's fascinating, and so when you say that, how do they respond? My mom, so the prime example I was saying to my mom, I yelled at her. I said, when I was six years old, you made me go into a store after wetting my pants because I had to go so badly. We were 10 minutes from our house that I had an accident. And instead of just turning around and going home and being like, well, this is a pain in the ass you insisted that I go and she goes, I don't remember that happening. And I was like, it, it happened. It's one of the scarring memories of my childhood. And she goes, well, if it happened. Yeah. When you tell them they were bad parents, how do they respond? What generally is their response? When you tell them they're bad parents, how do they respond? That's how they respond when you wet your Dad pants. Dad shuts down. Dad, Dad shuts, shuts down. down. Mom denies it. And denies. she says, well, if, if I did that, it was because of this. Okay, so your if parents. I, if, if, I, if, if that ever happened, it was because I always told you to go to the bathroom. Do your parents believe that they were good parents to you? I think that they do. They do. So which yeah. tans your hide more? That they were bad parents. And there's no right or wrong answer here, Nick. You're doing great. What, what makes you more angry? That they were bad parents or that they actually think they were good parents? That they think they were good parents. That they can't just admit like, hey, we didn't understand. We didn't get you. We got your sister. She was easy to understand for us. She liked to achieve and get the praise and we never fucking understood you and we did a bad job well yeah and worse they didn't even fucking try to understand you you said your entire life i don't i think i've been living with this mask my entire fucking life they didn't even fucking try right and so they think they actually think they're good parents so by you bringing up your truths even if it's just yourself by you looking at your own truths you are shattering the entire family myth that you had good parents yeah. And, and so, and that's, what's written into the code of your system is that mom and dad were good parents. So for you to even entertain these thoughts, you're like the fucking bad child. You're a bad person because you're black sheep. I'm still the, the well, one of course, yeah. because your sister isn't going to say that she got the fucking golden child and you had to yeah. not, and you weren't even just living in her shadow. You were being, being very treated very, very poorly by very, very bad parents. I want to ask you this question. What are the single biggest truths you've never spoken to your mom about your mom? <laughs> what? What's the giggle? That I think, I think she's a fucking con. I think she's a fucking she's a con. con. Like, she, she fucking gaslights me. She still tries to fucking gaslight me. Oh, and wait, 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 wait. Been- so then you, when you said a few minutes ago that you said to your parents that they were bad parents, that was a false statement. Your verb has the wrong tense. You said you were bad parents. It should be. They still are. Am I correct? Yeah, they still are. They still can't admit. In what definition of good parent, or excuse me, in what definition of good person does having been a shitty parent, neglectful and abusive, in what definition of good person does that fit? How do you simultaneously call someone a good person when the person, one of the people they claim to love the very most, they abuse and neglect and still do it to this day for 36 years? How, how do you justify that? Why? Why even bother yeah. focusing on whether or not they're a good person? Who gives a shit? 
They're horrible. To you, they're horrible. To you, they're not a good person. They do not they, treat you like a good they person. Got it into my, they got it into my head that, you know, family is the most important thing. That, there you know, go. they told me so many times, well, we do love you. We're doing this for you. We're doing, you know, we do everything And it was all you. bullshit, wasn't it, Nick? I mean, yeah. <laughs> you it, give me it, all these fucking toys. You do this, you do that, but you don't fucking see me. You don't listen to yeah. me. You're constantly fucking judging me. And what above all else you said that I asked you the single biggest truth. You've never said to your mom about your mom. You said the first thing out of your mouth was that she's a now, that's a word yeah. that usually gets beeped out on our show, but I love yeah. that you fucking went there because it's your raw, real feelings. Yeah. And yeah. I tell you, I mean, so I want to ask, what is the single biggest crime? Either it ha- a one-time thing or an attitude or a repeated behavior. What is the single biggest crime that your mother committed against you? She, she gaslighted me and has since I was a kid. I, I don't know what's real because of her. Uh, I don't know what, I don't, you know, that's. Like I got the message that I didn't matter, but I also got the message that the reality that I lived in wasn't the reality. I mean, that was, I confronted them the other night. I, I don't know why I lost it. Like I, usually there's something that triggers it, but I walked into a situation, they were watching my kids and I came in and my son was having a temper tantrum. Dad was giving him the silent treatment from what I saw. I don't know what was happening. They try to be good grandparents. They try to do a do-over with my kids, but I fucking, I saw my little boy crying I saw my daughter off drawing, doing her thing, getting praise, and I fucking lost it at them. And it just all came out. It was like writing a letter that I shouldn't have sent, and I fucking sent it. And I said to my mother, I said, I don't trust you. You gas at me. She goes, No, I don't. She, she says, says. <laughs> She says, She says, she, There's a tone to her voice starts quaking when I know that I've hit it. And, and, she goes, I, I just can't, you know, I might not have always been the best mother, but I never gaslight you. I would never do that. Which is and gaslighting like, in and itself. You're saying you gaslight and, me. And then she says, no, I don't. <laughs> and you know, I, I'll give dad credit as an adult. He tries, he tries to let me talk to him. He tries to listen to my problems. But last year, my mother and I got into an argument. I said, look, I need space. I went up to our apartment because we, our households are separate. We have two apartments in the same house. And she chased me and I fucking lost it. She chased me. My wife had my kids upstairs because me and my mom, me and mom got into it. She chased me upstairs. And after that argument, I fucking lost it. I I'm a big guy. And I like had to put my hands on her and walk her to my door and said, you need to just get out. I can't have you. Like I was gentle, but I was like, you need to get out. Well, she was violating your space. So she was that. violating my space. And, and after that, you know, and, and my family, my family, of my course. kids were there crying with yep. my wife because grandma and dad are screaming at each other. Right. And, and after that, I, I'm talking to my dad afterwards and he goes, you know, look, I'm not saying your mom's right, but I'm always going to take her side. Mm-hmm. And that to me, it's like, look, I know you're trying. I know you see that she's fucking nuts, but you still can't fucking, even if even if I'm not saying like, you need to do it with her, you can't just tell me. You can't just say like, yeah, she's fucking gaslighting me. She's like, I heard her say it. You heard her say it. We all heard her say it, you know? And first of all, is it possible that that has been your dad's mentality the entire time that, you know, I see what's going on, but I'm always going to take her side. Is it possible that that's what he's been doing your entire fucking life? Yeah. Taking her side. Yeah. Okay. So in other words, you've just said, we've just discovered one more thing. When I asked you, what are the single biggest truths about your dad? You've never spoken to your dad. We just found one more and that he's a coward. Yeah. He's afraid of conflict is right. what my mother would say. My mother's no, a no. therapist. What he's so really, my mother's, no, what he's yeah. really afraid of is her. 
Yeah. He's afraid of her. She has the power such that he's not even willing to stand up to her abusing you and gaslighting you and so forth. He's afraid of her. So mom clearly has the power in the family. Is that reasonable to say? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. She tries to keep she tries to keep those hooks in. She right. does everything she can. The minute there's a pull away, you know, that's my wife and I were talking about the family meeting. She wants to the next day after this blow up. You know, because I lost it. I went on both of them. I said, Dad, you sent me over to your mom who was vicious as kids. She criticized everything I mm -hmm. did, mm -hmm. you know, and you knew what it was like and you still did that. And, you know, why would you do that? I, everything came out kind of just like uh -huh. hit them. The next day, my mom says to my wife and she says, Oh, we really need to have a meeting because a lot of things were said last night that were hurtful okay. to my wife. Let me ask say you anything is, to me. Hasn't spoken to me since. My dad called me and says, Hey, are why, you wouldn't okay? your, why wouldn't your mom want to speak to you? In the book, I say, and I tell people all the time, if you're ever trying to figure out why someone's doing something, always ask your, that doesn't make sense, always ask yourself the question, what's the primary fear driving the behavior? Then speculate what the answers might be and go with the biggest one, the scariest, hairiest one. What is the fear driving your mom's behavior such that she isn't talking to you? What does she most fear? That she doesn't have control over me. And what does she fear? If she doesn't have control, what does she fear happening? Maybe that I'm going to call her out on her bullshit. Exactly. That like I'm exactly. going to just keep calling her out. That she's not going to be able to hide behind it. So that, wait, the bully, the family bully, who has all the power, yeah. is now afraid of you. Yeah. In other words, you have the power. You possess something that she doesn't want out. You possess truths, but not just truths. You possess strength to speak those truths. You spoke those truths to the most powerful person in the family. You shattered in that moment the family myth. Your courage to do so deconstructs everything that this family is built around, that mom's a good mom, dad's a good dad, your sister's a wonderful sister, and that you're bad. And you deconstructed it right to her face. I, if, if it were untrue, if she weren't afraid of you, she'd come and talk to you. You actually have the power. And she's afraid of you. What does it feel like to hear me say that? Scary. 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 And why is it scary to know that you have the power and that mom's afraid of you? Why is that scary? Because in every past situation where I've been right or justified, yeah. she's found some she's found some way when she loses the power that's just absolutely fucking vicious to take it back from me. Right. Whether and it's insulting my parenting right. or threatening to kick me out of our house, you sure. know, to whatever it right. is to call. You know, when I was a kid, if I was yelling because I was mad, she would tell me she was going to call the cops on me. Oh, what a she fucking would. bitch. Okay, wait. So here's the deal. There's this power imbalance that exists in your family. Mom has the power with over you and you're down here. She's up here, you're down here. All right? Yeah. And what happened the other night was you escalated your power to be equal to or above her to get your point out, to be heard, to have the truth spoken. Okay? Yeah. And now... What she has usually done is she's escalated even higher and gotten even more terrible and, you know, threatening a child to call the police and, and you know, or whatever. She's used her power or called you a bad parent or maybe maybe she's tried to undermine you to your wife or who the hell knows what. But the bottom, or get the family against you because she has clearly has your father under her thumb and likely your sister as well. Um, yeah. And so- She's going to escalate again. And what you've done in the past, I'm willing to bet every single time, is you then back down to your original level. And the power yeah. imbalance is restored. And the truth is, 
This will not get resolution until you have the courage to not back down. See, you're still afraid of her. You're afraid of her. You're afraid of her mean words. Because remember what I said earlier about the love cup? That when she drops something in, it electrifies all those past charges. So this work that you're doing in the book and this work that you're doing on yourself is getting those emotional charges out of your love cup. See, because that's what's being triggered. When she says something bad, all those memories and their emotional charges get triggered inside you. I'm a loser. I'm no good. And she's doing what she can to try to trigger those to make you feel bad. Well, what if we got those emotional charges out? Then you wouldn't be afraid of her saying bad things because it wouldn't trigger all this crap inside of you. What are you feeling right now? A lot of like stuff from childhood sort of coming up that the like, the, the I'd push mom, you know, generally it was a disagreement where we didn't see eye to eye. Mm-hmm. And she would say, well, it's, it's just that way. You know, like I'd say, well, why is that true? And she'd say, because I'm the parent and you're the kid. And I'd know that was so wrong. And I'd fucking rage. And she'd send me up to my room and dad, she'd send dad up and he'd yell because I, I upset her. And then I would be broken and crying and, she would come in to comfort me. Now, just and she would, she oh, would, she would come in and she would say, oh, wow. "You're not bad. You're not a bad kid. Wow. You're not this. You're so not just that." Just so I'm clear, she inflicted the pain, changed your truth, stole the truth from you, stole your voice. Then she sends in the enforcer to yell at you and belittle you, and then she gets to come in and be Jesus Christ. She gets yeah. to be your savior and cuddle and so on and so forth. You talk about a master motherfucking manipulator. And then you told me that she's a therapist. Your book's kind of the first thing I've tried therapy. Therapy doesn't work. Cause when I was a kid, I got alcohol poisoning with a friend at 12 years old. I, I drank too much and blacked out. My parents called an ambulance when they got home. Uh huh. I got, I had to go to therapy afterwards. My mom insisted I go to therapy. Mm-hmm. She let it slip. I said, I don't know. I don't, you know, like I was very hesitant as a kid. I didn't yeah, know yeah, if yeah, I could yeah. trust a therapist. Right. She sent me in and you know, I, I was a kid. I brought in like a toy. I had been like messing and she, up and, and the therapist and let stuff. what slip after uh, like, I think my second session, she said, well, your therapist says you're really not opening up about anything. And then and you knew you I couldn't trust. Been, right. Um, yeah. and your, but you said your mom's a therapist. Yeah. So your mom Guidance is counselor. What? Yeah. Guidance. She was a guidance counselor in a middle school and then a, uh, and then a private practice therapist. So, it, so in other words, and just for all of our listeners, boy, if your ears don't perk up when you hear that. All right. Now, no therapist is perfect, and anybody claiming to have all the answers is full of shit. And, you know, we often teach best what we most need to learn and all those things, but the bottom line is this. She literally... Quite literally, and I don't mean when Oxford Dictionary changed the meaning of literally to mean metaphorically as well as literally. I mean literally as in literally. Your mom literally, in the original definition of literal, has a degree in how to raise children and in relationships and in self. All of that would have been part of her training as a guidance counselor. And then as a therapist, she not only knew better, she was, she literally had degrees in knowing better. And she did the opposite. That the the word that just springs to mind is wanton. Wanton abuse, wanton neglect. This dis she chose this. She knew better and she chose the opposite. This is flat out. 
cruelty. So your description, <laughs> when I ask you single biggest truth, you've never spoken to your mom and you, first word out of your mouth is yeah. I'm watching the movie of your life and I've got a hundred random people off the street said, hey, I'll give you free popcorn and soda. Come on in and watch the movie. And I brought my girlfriend. We're all watching the movie. And the projectionist, that's the 103rd person. And you have 103 people in this theater hissing, booing at the movie screen, waiting for the piano to fall on your mom's head. Yeah. I hate her. I mean, she's worse than your dad. Your dad's a fucking coward. I hate him because yeah. he didn't stand up to her. What a fucking twat of a fucking father. Yeah. I mean, what? You coward. And he said, I'll, I'll always stand up to your mom. Yeah, exactly. Because you're such a fucking coward that you won't protect your own fucking child. And your mom has a degree and worked as a counselor with children and then yeah. a therapist in private practice. And yeah. she treat, treated and treats, she stole reality from you. Yeah. She stole reality by telling you, you don't know what reality is. And she, you said she still does it to this day. What are the single biggest truths you feel towards your mother that you've never spoken to your mother? Oh, I fucking hate her. <laughs> I, I do. And I, you know, again, like I, I have loving memories. There's times where I, I remember loving her and loving on her. Where when she's expressed vulnerability, when she's shown me like that side of her where she's hurt, mm -hmm. I can't help but love her. And even if I'm the one who caused the hurt, like well, I just want to make her feel better. Like if I yell at her and she breaks down and cries, I'm, I'm, I'm awful. Of I course, because that's what you were conditioned to do, that her feelings matter and your feelings don't matter. Her reality matters, yours don't matter. Plus, you're still trying to get love. And the frustrating part is you're yeah. still trying to get approval and acceptance from the two people who you have a 36-year pattern of behavior that they not only are not going to give you acceptance and approval, they're going to give you the exact opposite. And they both know better. Your mother literally has a degree in knowing better on this stuff. And she's saying, fuck you. And yeah. the mad, the mad disappointment and frustration in your life is you've just been wanting love from your parents and you've never gotten it. And written into the family myth system is that you have to believe that they're good parents. Just out of curiosity, what would be the single biggest thing that you could say, single biggest truth you could speak that would hurt your mother the very most? And it has to be true. That would hurt her the very most. She doesn't give a shit about anyone but herself and getting her needs. Would that hurt her? I, the question wasn't what would feel good for you to say. The question is what would hurt her the most? I don't know if anything fucking hurts her. Okay. Really? But she, but she pulled away from you. She pulled away from you the other day when you called her a bad parent. She pulled away when you said you gaslight me. She's afraid of you. So that would seem to indicate that does hurt her. Which would hurt her more if you told her you're a bad parent or if you told her, I fucking hate you. If I told her I fucking hate her. Oh, so you do have something. Now, I'm not saying yeah. you should tell her. I'm, I, I'm not saying you shouldn't yeah. tell her. I'm just saying, that would, is that what would hurt her most? Or better yet, let me ask you this. If you were to be totally honest, do your children like their grandma? Yeah, they okay. do. Okay. No, the big, I, I, go ahead. I got it. Oh, go up. Go the for it. The biggest thing I could say to hurt her is that my biggest fear in life is ending up like her. Mm. And yet you are. You said yourself, yeah. that's exactly where I was I'm, going. I'm with turning this. into her. You are turning yeah. into your mother. So she yeah. is not only, she has not only owned you your entire life, she still owns you. She's going to ruin yeah. your marriage and she's going to ruin your kids because if you keep acting like her, you're going to fuck up your kids.
Yeah. And so now we see where your narcissistic behavior comes from, that you were treated poorly. You've been trying your whole life to get your love cup filled. You tried to be the good boy. You tried and you tried and it didn't work. So then it's like, well, fuck, I'm gonna stop fucking trying. And now you're just, you're trying to get love poured in your love cup by stealing it, stealing it from your wife, taking, controlling things, being rude, being mean. And I gotta tell you, buddy, I don't dog you for that. I understand. I understand. You're, you're, yeah. they, you're, it's like, this is kind of an ugly thing to say. Maybe we'll cut this out. I don't know, but it's like your mom and your dad just took a giant bowel movement right into your love cup yeah. your entire life. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what they think of you because she literally has a degree in it and your father knew better because he raised your daughter differently or your sister differently. Yeah. They yeah. knew better. So they can't claim ignorance. They can't claim, well, my childhood bullshit. You fucking knew yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. And let me tell you, in your journaling work, and they—I mean—they claim that I'm difficult. You know, they. Well, they of course say, they do. Well, that. you were a difficult. You were a difficult kid. Instead of you know, and and they, what so does that enable them to do? What does it by blaming you? What does that enable them to do? Right off their behavior. Exactly. Not accept responsibility. Justify. You're, justify yeah. Justify, justify and, themselves. Right. That you're the problem. And anybody who's blaming the child for their own bad parenting is a fucking piece of shit in my book. Sorry, you just are. You I just mean, that are. was what I screamed at on my mom the other night when I watched it. She said, when you were young, you turned to drugs and alcohol instead of turning to me and dad. And I said, I was fucking running. I said, I was running so hard yeah. from this family and you guys that you should question why a 12-year-old would start doing drugs. Let me ask you this question. What do you still want from them? Is it acceptance, approval, attention, affection, acknowledgement, apology? What do you, what do you still want from them? Why are you even still in conversation with them? I don't want to deprive my kids of a loving relationship with their grandparents. So you will continue to eat shit and turn into a fucking asshole and, and eventually turn into a fucking asshole to your own children and lose yeah. your marriage just so your kids can have these wonderful fucking people. No, I mean. What do you still want from them for yourself? What do you still want from mom and want from dad? Because you're staying in a relationship. They have something that you still want. Otherwise, you would have walked away. No one allows this sort of treatment unless they want something or unless they fear something. So what is the primary want or what is the primary fear driving your behavior? Because you are about to destroy your entire fucking life. Your wife is sick of your shit. Your kids yeah. may very well be sick of your shit, but they're too young and they love their daddy and they think it's, it, it must be wrong. You know, your kids may very well be blaming themselves for how you're acting or how you're treating yeah. them or whatever. Yeah, that rings yeah. familiar for you. So what is it you're so wanting from your parents or you're so fearing from your parents that you're allowing this whole thing to continue? Are you afraid of their wrath? Are you afraid of them rejecting you? Are you still wanting their approval? What the hell is driving the equation that you're turning into a fucking narcissist? Why? What do you still want? What are you afraid of? My wife and I, when we moved in, my parents told us for our wedding, they were giving us a piece of property to build our house on. Oh, so you're still holding out for the land and they're dangling that carrot in front of you. Is that correct? And they're, you know, they very much have said like it's ours. They're, they haven't tried to pull that out from under us, but it's, they have, they've got hooks in, they've got, Hooks where that you I have not taken like, out that you have not taken yeah. out yeah. you are wanting them the land you're doing this this is a land grab you are wanting basically money you are wanting land and so you are letting them beat the shit out of you still you are keeping you basically what's happening is imagine this visual you are holding on to the lapel the collar 
of someone as they punch you in your fucking face. And you're saying, I hate it when you punch me. I hate it when you punch me. I hate it when you stop punching me. You've been punching me. I'm not punching you. And they keep punching you in your face and your face is bloody and you're bruised and you're in so much pain. And you're saying, stop punching me. Stop punching me. Why won't you stop punching me? Failing to realize you're holding on to the collar because you want land. And that's a high fucking price to pay. And guess what? You may get that land, but your wife may not be with you there. You may yeah. be alone on that we, fucking land. About, so you are fundamentally choosing land over your wife. You are choosing land over your own kids having a stable fucking home. You are choosing land. Yeah. And guess what? God help you. God help you. If your son or daughter come to me for therapy someday. Yeah. Because I will say, wait, it sounds like your dad chose land over healing himself for his kids and for his wife. Your dad chose basically money. Land is money. Land is power. Land is, he chose land over his kids and land over his wife because he didn't want to heal and do what was best for himself and his family. Not best for himself, like in a narcissistic way, but healing himself for himself and his family. And so what are you most afraid of? Is it losing the land or what is it you're most afraid of if you were to begin the process of freeing yourself from their bullshit? The land thing is hard because part of, Part of that is that we got my wife and I got to the point where it's like, okay, look, we can buy a trailer. It's not the prettiest thing. But okay, it would be so awesome. then what is it? Is it are you still in it for the land or what? What are you still wanting? Love. You, right. There I, it is. There it is. Stop. I don't care about the land. That's I just it. want love. Yep. I and just want acceptance. They say they want an adult relationship with me, but I don't think they know the fucking first thing about me because they don't ask. Right. It's like, oh, we want to have conversations with you, but it's not like- So you have a 36-year, if you have a client, you're self-employed, we didn't get into what you do. I'm guessing it's around landscaping or farming, something like that, but whatever. If you have a customer that you keep uh, providing your goods and services to and they miss a uh, payment at the end of the month, you know, they may pay monthly and then the second month goes by and they don't pay you. And then it's third, fourth, fifth, sixth month and you're still providing services and they're still not paying. At what point do you stop providing services because they're not paying? Would it be after the second month or third month maybe? It, it used to be longer. It's gotten to the point where it's the first month. Having kids changes that. So you're saying if you have a 30-day pattern of behavior from a customer, you sever that relationship because there's no point throwing good money after bad. You have a 36-year pattern of behavior that mommy and daddy ain't going to give you love. They're not interested in who you are. You want to be seen. You want them to know you and love you and be proud of who you are. They have zero interest. They have never wanted to know who you are. Your mom wants to tell you your reality. Your dad's a fucking coward. They're not interested in giving you love in the ways you want to be loved. 36 years. At what point in your life do you realize it's never going to happen? You told me 30 days and you won't uh, pay a customer back. So, um, you're fucking 30 days is long enough, but not 36 years. And truth is your life will not begin until you realize I have not gotten my needs for love met and I am not going to get my needs for love met. So that means you have to love on yourself. That means you have to start purging out all of the fucking pain and rage and sadness. You have to start getting that out and you have to stop going. It's just so hard, you know, especially when these people, 
you know, I see them love my kids. I see them, I see them say that they want this loving adult relationship with me. They, they say it, they, they verbalize it. They say, look, we want a good relationship right. with you. We love right. you. We That's love right. you so much. We're proud of you. We're all these things. Mm-hmm. But it's like, but you don't fucking know me. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to what? Finish that sentence. I don't know how to, to separate the people from the parents because I still want my parents' love. Ah, bullshit. And yeah, these, you want the parents' love. Separate people from parents, blah, blah, blah. It's, you want their They're love. The you want their love. Yeah, I want their love. I, I just, I. 36 years know, I, has not taught you the lesson. And guess yeah. what? Guess what? You can resist me. You can fight me on this. But you yourself said you're turning into a narcissistic person. So you yeah. are faced with a choice. And this isn't just me being a dick. This is me saying you are faced with a choice. Keep pursuing a love that is not there and is not ever going to be there. You know what? Or choose yourself. Give up on ever getting love from them because you've got a love source in your life. You've got like two for sure. Your wife, but you also have yourself. You are wanting their love more than you want to love yourself. And you're willing to destroy your marriage to try and get mommy and daddy's love when they've been telling you for 36 years they're not going to give it to you in the way that you want it. They're going to keep telling you what you should do and you should do this and you should do that, which is basically telling someone you don't like them, right? They're going to keep doing all that fucking shit. And so you are choosing mommy and daddy over your wife. So if your wife hates you or starts hating you, she's justified because you're looking at her, you're looking at her and you're saying, fuck you. And so basically every person in this play, in this drama, dad, you and your wife are all looking to mom for approval. Because your wife is looking to her for approval through you. And everybody yeah. is exonerating mom. Mom has all the power and she is wielding it. Yeah. And so let me ask you this. What in all of this is your single greatest fear in the whole equation? Is it losing your wife or is it realizing I'm never going to get mom's love and then realizing that I, you know, I'm never going to get parents' love, that I've never had parents, I've been alone the whole time. What is your, what is it? What is your single greatest fear in this whole fucking story? It's losing my wife because I have someone who for 20 years, you know, I'm 36 years, so mm-hmm. more than half my life, mm-hmm. I've had someone in my corner. We've been best friends since we were fucking kids and mm-hmm. she has always loved on me. She's always supported me. It didn't matter to her what I did, you know, Okay. As long as I was happy and I blew so many chances with her where it was like, Hey, just, if you want to go be an artist, be an artist. And I just fucked off because I, of my shit. And that is what I wanted. I wanted to, you know, I want to be a sculptor and I want to do this stuff. And I just, I fucking, I and get the opportunity. The money doesn't matter. What happens when you run out of chances with her? She's going to leave, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, and so, yeah. you know what happens? Do you know what happens when, uh, let's say a, a, a husband cheats on his wife, it goes the other way too, just as much. But when a husband cheats on his wife and then he gets caught or whatever, and she says, fuck off, I'm out of here. And then, do you know what happens? And he, then he comes and he swears he's changed and I'll go to therapy and I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll change and I'll change and I'll change. And she hears his words and she believes him. Yeah. And maybe he is changing for a bit, but often you go back and they dis, you discover after a month or several months that they haven't changed. And, but no, 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 I I changed. And then she leaves again. And then he talks her back into it. They keep wanting to believe the words. 
the woman in this yeah. case, and it can be a man too, keeps wanting to believe the words. You keep wanting to believe your parents' words, even though you have 36 years of action and inaction that completely disprove their words. But you so, it is such a fucking drug that you've only gotten the yeah. tiniest doses of that is the most powerful drug that you are willing to say fuck off to your wife and you are willing to say fuck off to your kids. I want that drug. And the drug is mommy and daddy's approval. That's how powerful that drug is, that you are fucking over your marriage and you're turning into a total asshole narcissist by your own admission. I added the asshole yeah. part, but you're turning yeah. into an asshole narcissist and that'll fuck over your kids and you're willing to do it all just to get mommy's approval. That's how powerful <laughs> that drug is. And if you don't do this shit, if you don't write these letters to your parents that you do not send, if you do not do the shit in the book, if you do not do the journaling, if you do not do this work, you think your life's fucked now? You don't know fucked until the person you love the very most turns her back on you and says, I've given you enough chances. You had all the chances in the world. So you, now's your shot, buddy. Now's your yeah. shot to face all this ugly shit. And it means at least inside of you, you have to explode the family myth that mommy was a good mommy and daddy was a good daddy. You have to explode the notion that your reality was untrue. You have to go back, basically, what you're in the process of is going back to that five-year-old version of you and saying, you were right, buddy. You were right. Mom was full of shit. Mom was taking your reality. What you saw was real. That's you validating your own self. Let me ask you this, Nick. One last question. Two, well, it's one and a half. What are, if you were to be totally honest, what are you feeling right this minute? Give me a feeling word. Afraid, scared, fear. A lot of fear. And you need to be journaling about that. You need to be just madly journaling all, don't worry about the grammar or that bullshit yeah. punctuation. You need to be flushing out fear and you need to be doing that every day on fear, on sadness, on hate. You need to be flushing and you've got so much in there, but I'm telling you, Nick, it can come out. I'm telling you, you can flush all this out. I'm telling you, you can move past this, but you have to be willing to go into it and finally begin to believe that what you are feeling is real. What you are experiencing is real. The only way you stop being that narcissist is for you to begin to acknowledge your truth that that little boy was a good boy. You were a beautiful kid. You were, because every kid is. And they took you and they stomped on you and they shit in your love cup. They treated you like shit. And they're still doing it to this day. And yet that man that you are now has to go back and save that little boy by acknowledging that he was true and he was a good boy and that you still are. And it's not too late. And there is hope, but you got to do the work. Otherwise you are going to become your mother. Yeah. And, this, and where you start in your journaling, I would recommend starting on the mother stuff and write her the letter right now after we're done today. Write her a letter. All the stuff you're saying, I fucking hate you. And you did this and you did that. And it made me feel. Don't forget that. And it made me feel. And, you know, them being good people, fine. You can throw that in the letter too if that's if you want. But just feel what you feel for once in your life. Honor your feelings. And by doing that, that that's how you start to love yourself. That's how, And that'll grow as you get more and more of that shit out of your love cup. Any final thoughts or questions for me, Nick? I look at it and it's like, okay, so if I have... I, I'm not going to get the love from right. whether or not they say they want to give it. Right. They'll it's probably irrelevant. keep giving me the, the fake bullshit that they right. give. And that's fine. Right. But how do I exist in this world where, you know, like there is a family myth. There is this family structure. You know, my sister's nearby. We all try and get together. 
but I just don't talk to my parents anymore, you know? And mm-hmm. it's like, can I, se- can I separate the people from my need for love? Can I separate those people and say, yeah, these are people I see sometimes. And okay. And, and my, my answer is yes, you can, it can be done. But of course my real answer is why do you still want to have an interaction with them? If it doesn't serve you and it is destroying your family and there's always, every time you see them, it's going to conjure up feelings of hate inside of you, even if you don't express it. Why do you still want them in your life? Is it so your kids can have grandkids or grandparents? Is that what it is? Or what's the real reason they're even in your life still when they don't give love? For what possible reason? I guess it's just still that hope that maybe someday they will. That's that exactly. I don't right. That I don't leave with my father dying and saying, you know, I never buried the hatchet with him. We never got to a good. He doesn't want to bury the hatchet. He doesn't want to talk about shit, whatever, whatever. So you're giving him all the chances. You know, I remember there was this show that was on, you remember this Rob back in the eighties or nineties called 30 something. And, uh, Oh oh yeah. yeah. Too too much like real life for me at the time. (laughs) And I remember on the show, it was jolting to me. One of the characters, the handsome long haired fella, he said, you know, his father died and he's sort of crying and he says to his friend, you know, I never got the chance to tell him. And as the watcher, you're thinking, oh, we, oh, this is sad. And he finishes the sentence. I never got the chance to tell him how much I hated him. Well, you think he's going to say the opposite. No. And I'm not saying you need to tell your father that you hate him. Yeah. I'm saying the father that's possessing you inside, the mother that's possessing you inside, you have to get real with you're still yeah. wanting something and you haven't fully come to terms with the fact that you're never going to get it. They're never going to get it. And so you are putting, you are jeopardizing your entire family. You are jeopardizing your marriage. You're jeopard. You've blown your own happiness to shit because you're still wanting that Scooby snack from mommy and daddy. And it's, it's yeah. good. It's going to destroy you. your wife is going to walk. And if she's my therapist, I'd tell her to walk because you yeah. don't want to do the fucking work. All right, but you are doing it now, and I applaud you for that, Nick. And I'm hard on yeah. you today, but no, I'm I I need it. I mean, that's I've, I've never therapy's never worked because even the good therapists I have who I start to open up to, it's they just listen. It's like, oh, we'll just listen. To no, you. fuck that. And no shit. one, no one, no one says to me like, you got to fucking like. It's like, right? Oh, well, you have ADHD. Like, try and keep a schedule. It's like I don't need a schedule. <laughs> I need a fucking kick in the ass. Yeah, and you know, and, and and just so you know, Nick, the kick in the ass is not because you're a bad person. It's because in there is this wonderful person. You're a nice guy. You really are. It's just, you've had so much crap put in your love cup and it just needs to come out. That's really all it is. Is it hard at times? Oh, you fucking A right it is. And are you gonna have to let go of ever ever getting that love from mom and dad? Yeah, but you know what? So what you're in the process of right now, Nick, is you are in the process just potentially starting literally today and it doesn't have to take forever. You are in the process of simultaneously grieving the fact that you're never gonna get your needs met. You're never gonna get love from your parents. And that is simultaneously grief inducing and liberating because for the first time in your miserable fucking life, you are finally free. You are no longer going to be spending your life bending and contorting and being whoever they want you to be to try to get that little ounce of love. You're you're finally free. You can live your life your way because it doesn't matter. You're not gonna get their love. You've been bending over backwards and being a fucking gymnast to try to get their love and it's never come. You are finally free to live your life your way and you don't have to have them in your life and you don't have to have your sister if you don't want to. It's your life. Let them say what they want. Who gives a shit? Okay, oh, wow, you disprove of me. Oh, there's something new. And who gives a shit? They've disproved you your whole life. 
right? So why not let yeah. them disapprove while you're actually living a life that makes you happy and where you're, you've become a, a life energy, a, a life source to your wife, a wonderful life-giving energy to your kids, but first to you, you have to heal you. And it doesn't happen by keeping people in your life who are treating you like shit and who always have. Yeah. Nick, yeah. you have been an amazing guest. I mean it when I tell you, it's easy when people who are broken or admit they have problems or whatever, uh, you know, uh, go into therapy or get on the show or whatever. But for someone to admit that I've been an asshole, I've been narcissistic, you know, I've had these tendencies or whatever, for you to open up, it's much more courageous. It really is because it's, it's the bad guy supposedly in a lot of people's stories, the narcissist is a bad guy. And now people are hearing a, a bad guy come to me and he's crying at times and he's this and, he, and we're understanding your side of it. And the fact that you desire to change because the pain has finally gotten so great in the form of potentially your wife leaving and everything else, um, I just admire you so much. And Nick, I have to tell you this, you are a good person deep inside. It's just all that crud that makes you look, act like an asshole. It's all the crud. You're not a bad person. You've done some no. bad things, but you're yeah. not a bad person. It's just all this crud. And now you know where it all comes from. And maybe you've known the whole time, but now you see it plain as day. And so you flush that shit out. And that beautiful man that you are, that beautiful boy that you always were, is yeah. going to flourish. And you're going to be a source of love and life for your wife and your kids. And I speak, I know I speak on behalf of my listeners and my crew here in the, in the studio when we say, Nick, you got a great future ahead. All you got to do is just do the work and face yeah. that, you know, go keep going into that cave and face those dragons, you know? And yeah. um, you've heard me say the quote before, the cave we most fear to enter holds the treasure we seek. And that treasure is a happy family. And that treasure is you finally having peace in your soul. Does that sound like it's doable and something you want to continue doing? Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, that's the that last line, the being lost in the FUD. Part of it is that I start journaling and it's just like I could sit there for fucking days and, and I have to go to work. That's you fine. Know, but it's that's like, right. You know, and it's that, like it's like I could just fucking keep writing it, all this down. And, and it is it, it is a blessing that you can feel that flood because I have so many clients who can't even tap yet, uh, yeah. you know, any feelings or so forth. So then you pick up the flood after work or at night after the kid's gone to sleep or whatever, and just keep at it. But keep going in the book because I give tools. There are tools in there. And I also recommend, go to that recommended reading list and because uh, there are some tools in particular in there that'll be a great accent after you finish uh, my book, particularly in that list. Particularly, I want you to write this down right now. The books I yep. want you to get next are numbers one, two, and nine. The Sedona Method, Living in the Light and the Dark Side of the Light Chasers. When it comes to this flood, the Sedona Method will help accelerate the getting those feelings out. Living in the Light is a great resource uh, for just understanding in very simple terms, the idea of energy and trusting your own inner self. And then Debbie Ford's book, uh, Dark Side of Light Chasers, is just sort of ties it all together after you've done mine and those other two. But um, I know you're doing the audiobook, Nick, go on the website because there's a resource guide that goes with it that has all the end of chapter questions. I don't know if you have that yet. It's PDF. And so you can print it and so forth. Nick, I'm going to let you go, but I want to thank you so much. You were so courageous today. You're a great thank guy. You. No, you were really courageous. And, uh, and you let me sort of, you know, drill down at times. And I appreciate that. And uh, just so grateful for you coming on to our show. Thank you so much. Thank you. You bet. Have a kick-ass day, Nick. The Badass Counseling Show is strictly copyrighted. No copies may be made without the express written consent of the Badass Counseling Show, LLC. 
The Badass Counseling Show is produced by Karen Camparelli and Robert H. Friedman. Executive producer Sven Erlinson. Original music by two-time Emmy Award-winning composer Trevor Morris. Have a kick-ass day.